This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm so nervous. It's too late. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And help us discuss the disgusting. You know her as lean movie critic for Bloody Disgusting. Horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, then you missed our first ever live recording. Yay! Yay! To celebrate 100 episodes, we're live streaming this week's episode, which means you can finally see our antics happening on screen. I love that you wrote antics. We have have shenanigans here. (laughs) Shenanigans. The chaos, the dancing in Xena's case, my vacant stares, all of it. Anyway, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Xena, what's been filling your heart this week? Why? Why can't we do the switcheroony? Because you're the YouTube person. I'm nervous. And I'm not prepared. <laughs> but okay, sure. Um, So, the first movie, I checked out The Curse of Bridge Hollow, 2022. It's on Netflix. Uh, as Halloween hating dad, he teams up with his daughter because there are evil spirits running amok around their town, coming alive and Halloween-y stuff. So, yeah, um, I told you guys this last week, so I guess I'll just repeat myself because we're live. Uh, um, yeah, I, I've been watching a lot of stuff, and my eyes are exhausted. You know, a lot of things have been happening. My brain needed a break, so I kind of wanted to watch something light and fun and sweet that'll make me go, mm, ah, wonderful, right? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I just picture uh-huh. you and actually like, on the couch like that. Mm. I feel like this is like a, a perfect uh, gateway movie, you know, for families. Uh, if you have kids who want to get into it, get into some a little horror. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one. And it just felt great to watch like a Halloween themed horror movie that was slight and sweet. Then the next thing I checked out, I watched American Gothic from 1988, and I watched it on Tubi um, or Prime Video. I don't remember. My life's a blur. But basically, uh, <laughs> there are these friends. They decide to go on this trip, and then their plane breaks down on this island. Next thing they know, there's this weird family, you know, I mean, really weird backwards family. And, um, yeah, things just get a little bit bloody. So, obviously, it's an 80s movie. It's a slasher. But something I thought that was really cool about this one, it has like a pretty, it has like a new element. Like it deals with grief and how you handle it. So um, that ending though had me uh, like, whoa. So yeah, if you do love Backwoods uh, type of horror, I think that you may enjoy this one. Um, I believe that I did watch this before, but it was like a long time ago. So I barely remembered it. But once I saw there's a daughter and, you know, they keep on calling her a little girl, but she is like a grown woman, you know, she's at least like pushing 50. So yeah, that's what I watched. Is it like the baby part two? Yeah, kind of. But except, uh, they know, they know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Good deal. All right. Um, well, I also kept it Halloween themed. I mean, I guess suburb or American Gothic isn't really Halloween, or is it? Um, but I've also been wanting to watch a bunch of Halloween stuff. So I watched Scary Movie, not the comedy, the 1991 regional horror movie starring John Hawks, which you probably recognize him from Identity or like the gas station bit and from Dusk Till Dawn. Um, definitely Deadwood. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So this was filmed outside of Austin in this little town called Manor, Texas. So it's set over Halloween night. It's uh this nerdy guy Warren who gets talked into attending like the the local haunt, and um, it seems like there might be actually a psycho escapee from a mental institution on the loose using the haunted house as his next place to to prowl um or maybe it's all in his head i don't know but it's it is a really odd kind of charming regional horror comedy um it's definitely like kind of locally made you can tell in in the acting and and, and like just how it's made but there's a little bit of charm to it too because of that like there's you know this poor guy is so petrified even waiting in the line to get into the haunted house and he's just freaking out and he's overhearing the news of like this escapee and he's just freaking out and then behind him there's constantly a guy just laughing like a madman at him like or if somebody (laughs) comes along and pokes fun of him he just shows up to laugh like that's all this guy does the whole movie is just shows up to laugh um so it's weird i it's a weird one um oddly charming and i kind of have this weird appreciation for like regional horror movies like that that feel very diy and then uh i watched this one made me think of john um ernest scared stupid (laughs) that what what that's (laughs) 
That's not cool, Megan. It is when I explain it. It is. It is. Okay. So it's on the Roku channel. Um, and that one, if you do not know, this uh it's got it's like the fifth Ernest movie, Ernest P. Worrell. He is just the lovable oaf. This time he accidentally summons uh or unleashes an ugly troll from a tree that's like part of this curse with his family line. Um, and you know, the troll decides to harvest some children's souls to rise his own like baby troll army i guess um it's chaos i have not seen this one probably since i was a kid um and i kind of forgot how grossed out i am and was of snot there's a lot of (laughs) snot this troll has two noses um but the reason i thought of you is because it's the chiodo brothers who do the special effects and they've actually repurposed a couple of their killer clown designs um they reused some of it so like you could recognize fatso and shorty and some of these like troll children but i thought of you because uh because snot no um because you were just talking about how your kid is very curious about killer clowns. And I'm like, this actually yes. is a kid's horror movie, Halloween horror movie. So I don't know if they watched killer clowns yet, but this could be a good segue to do so. Or maybe a palate no, we cleanser. Almost, we almost did. We watched Gremlins for the first time instead. They weren't nearly as scared as I thought that they would be. They did way better. And I think Killer Clowns might be up next. I think my son's going to freak out a little bit when I'm like, you want to watch Killer Clowns tonight? Well, then maybe he needs to watch Ernest Scared Stupid afterwards if he does get scared. I don't know. Maybe. It'd be really nice to not or to start listening to a different soundtrack that isn't Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, no. You can't get tired of that one. Yes, you can. No. Yes, you can. Do you listen every time you get in the car? Do you have a Spotify playlist for it? Uh, it seems like it could always be like a party. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> add to that playlist to kind of mix it up. No. <laughs> I'm not allowed to touch the playlist. Okay. Speaking of mixing things up, I watched the third thing that Megan picked for me this <laughs> week that we didn't talk about on the podcast. No. Turns out we've watched so many things on this podcast that none of us remember anymore. <laughs> yeah. We're really bad. And I had already watched Recommendation. So I actually, you would ask me another one. I think I said I'd seen that too. Yeah, I can't remember. And what then, was. well, there was a backup one for the kids. I forgot what it is. I erased it. Was it. Oh, um, it, the, for the kids, it was uh, Monster High. Oh, that's what so it was. So you're yeah. saying you did not do the optional homework? I did not do the optional homework. Instead, we settled on Conjuring 2 which is on Netflix because that's the Conjuring movie I hadn't fully seen yet. Ed and Lorraine Warren travel to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by a supernatural spirit. All right, Megan, besides the fact that I hadn't seen it, why this one? Why this one? Because I think it's got a lot of like heart to it. I know that you're more jump scare averse, which is why you've not really been a... Uh too keen on exploring the conjuring universe but i thought maybe the the christmas thing and the romance and the singing maybe maybe might win you over i don't know well i love uh, so i love patrick wilson and uh vera farmiga like as as a couple on screen i could watch them every time i think they're great they're so charming together they have great chemistry I just, 
I'm I'm not a huge fan of the the real life Warrens. So like that's what kind of tempers it for me. Like I actually really like Conjuring 2. I think and Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 3 kind of all for different reasons though. Yeah. I liked I I definitely liked the first one. There were some of the the visuals in the first one were stronger for me. Like there were certain aspects of it that I just adored. This one I felt like it had a little bit I think I like the story a little bit more in this one, but as you kind of pointed out with the third one, is that X Files feel yeah. to it? Yeah, that I really enjoy with the third one. I did enjoy it. I just I had to work a little bit hard to separate myself from the concept of this real life, like highly documented. Like, <laughs> let, let's let's tone it down a little bit. All right, I know you're selling tickets and stuff. And James Wan's a fantastic director, Always. like his eye for horror, but. To, I mean, I think I was talking with my wife about this. Look what Saw gave horror. Not just like the Saw franchise and kind of the return of of really bloody kind of gory horror, but also Lee Wanell and James Wan and what they've been able to do in the horror landscape from that. Like, I really appreciate that. So, like, I'm kind of eternally fans of theirs. Yeah. And I did enjoy it. It's just, I just, I need to watch it as a movie. That is fiction. Yeah. And sometimes I just have a hard time separating myself when they have like the pictures and stuff afterwards and the the highlight stuff I'm not going to get into because this is a live show and my facial reactions are going to be all over the place if I really start thinking <laughs> Do about it. it. Not, no. <laughs> no. And speaking of facial reactions that were all over the place, I watched Xena's pick. 2000's The Convent on Shudder. A group of college students break into an abandoned convent and become possessed by demonic spirits. All right, Zena, why this one? Because it's fun and some of the characters are just terrible. Like, you just want them to die ASAP. And then when it finally happens, you just feel satisfied. Some of the characters? (laughs) Some, not, you know, some of them just guilty, you know, by association. This was the weirdest movie I've ever seen, and I watched House. <laughs> <laughs> the The thing that cracked me up is I had this, uh, I got this idea of the writer of this movie sitting down and saying, I know what people sound like, and then not doing that. The <laughs> Not doing that. By the end, I liked it. I, I at least appreciated it for its complete over-the-top bananas campiness because it's so weird on every level the interactions the characters themselves the the cops the 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 demons you know the the satanists by the end i felt the charm because it was kind of like the the sum is greater or the whole is greater than the sum of its parts or or whatever and like any individual thing i might have had a really hard time with <laughs> but i think this is another one where i kind of step back and like okay they were just they were just trying to make the craziest thing that's arguably ever been like set to film <laughs> like that isn't extreme horror <laughs> like it gave me like you could tell because the director mike mendez 
you could tell that he's a fan of like Night of the Demons because it gave me those vibes, you know? And then it's just like, and I love Night of the Demons. So seeing like a spin on this, it's just so over the top, like you said, and ridiculous, but I just can't keep my eyes off of it. I know it seems like a far stretch to, to hear that I didn't do any research, uh, but I didn't do any research. So I wasn't sure if there was a connection to Night of the Demons. Well, I'm not too sure, but I because... just like think that it is. Well, it, it felt like there was. Because of like the neon effects and just the way it was shot and mm-hmm. the creature effects and the makeup and everything else. And what neon the, the effects are there in mark- the original? Night of the Demons? Or maybe I'm thinking two. Maybe two. Like, I don't remember there being neon effects in the original. Well, th- there's a party and some girl, um, you know, when she's talking about. Oh, yeah, her mom I see that connection. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see a lot of those connections, but the, yeah. I, I need the neon uh, lighting version. The, the, there was one, I forgot to write it down. There was one noise that one of the zombies or whatever it is possessed makes demons. It's like kind of like a chipmunk <laughs> laughing that it's the strangest choice for the. A noise a demon would make, like it's almost Evil Dead esque. So you, you, you weren't like you weren't like scared, just a little bit, not like ah. That's exactly what he was like. (laughs) 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 Just for YouTube, that one was. (laughs) Uh, No, not so much. Uh, it, It was more. It. Let's just say this movie doesn't necessarily hold up if you don't have previous experience with it, with some of the dialogue and commentary about sexual orientation pretty much across the board. Um, Strange choices, a lot of the characters. I'll tell you what, though. Those are the most hardcore Dairy Queen working, like, Satanists I have ever seen. Like, they were committed (laughs) to what they were doing. So it was, it basically nothing happened that I expected would happen. So I'll give you kudos for that one. It definitely kept me guessing. Okay, there you go. And yeah, so if you haven't, if you haven't seen The Convent on Shudder, I highly recommend going to see it so that you can have a reaction. What, Somewhere what was... probably between me and Zena. <laughs> uh, I was like, what was John's reaction against Zena? Yeah, Zena's? I was waiting. <laughs> Is that the reaction? Okay. That's the official reaction? That's the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. Before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? So I checked out The Bridge, well, The Curse of Bridge Hollow on Netflix and then American Gothic on Tubi. I watched Scary Movie on Screenbox, uh, the 1991 movie. And I guess I kept it 1991 because I also watched Ernest Scared Stupid on the Roku channel. And I watched Conjuring 2 on Netflix and 2000's The Convent on Shudder. Uh, do we want to do homework? I can give you homework. You it's up homework? to you, John. It's your world. Yeah, it's your homework Let's assignment. do homework because honestly, there I'm consuming so much horror lately that I feel like I'm just going to kind of overlap, especially with a movie I'm really looking forward to coming out on Thursday and everything yeah. else. Homework sometimes helps me, so I've got options what movie to is talk that? about. <laughs> Oh, I I think something's coming out this week that I might possibly be interested in watching. We'll 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 wait for Xena. I can't remember the okay exact name of that yet. 
Okay. Uh, let's. So, Zena, I think you're up first. Okay. Um, I wanted to give you something a little bit fun, but I don't know if you've seen this one already. If you did, then you're living your best life. Have you seen Death Becomes Her? Oh yeah. Okay. Good. I am living my best life. Yeah. You are. I'm, I'm proud of you. All right. Um, how about a slasher? That could be fun. Have you seen um, Intruder, 1989? Oh, grocery store. Hmm. I don't think I have, no. Okay. What? It's That's a good available one. on Tubi. How is anyone surprised that I haven't seen things? I just figured you would have, considering it, like who's involved with it. Yeah. And it is. it seems Ooh. like very much like a John movie. I love this one so well, much. Yeah. Very much looking forward to it then. All right. Live your best life. All right, Megan, pick one I haven't seen. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I should have pulled up the list. I don't know why. I don't remember what you've seen. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to take uh, a cue from Xena and sign you some more Mike Mendez campy fun with Don't Kill It. Have you seen Don't yeah. Kill It? Dolph Lundgren as a uh, demon hunter. Oh, oh, is that recent? Uh, is he like smoking a vape? Is he smoking a vape pen through I like half remember. of it? I don't remember. Honestly, I haven't seen it since like 2016. <sighs> this is the part of the YouTube yeah. broadcast like where I do a Google and, search. like a, a duster jacket. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He's vaping you. through like half the movie. It's I crazy. Know. I know. Okay, Look at me. Let's see. This is a first. I've never seen your both of your first picks. Wow. Dang. Uh, what the f- oh, what the French toast? We're live. <laughs> uh, I want to know. Okay, there is another movie, but I don't know if it's available. Um, I, I want that. you to watch like Grave Dancers, which is his <gasps> non-campy version. Isn't that on um, Tubi? It might be, and if not, I think you should be able to rent it on VO Day. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna um, temporarily placeholder this. So I'm gonna say okay. the Grave Dancers, and if for whatever reason you can't find it, then you know we'll just be like surprise. Next episode we had to give alternate homework assignments. So yeah, yeah, not unprecedented. It at is this not. Point. No, no, we have set the precedence. So yeah. All right, Grave Dancers. If I can find it, yes. All right, enough about what we've been watching. If you're a regular listener, then you know this is the part where we dig into the horror headlines and releases. Because this is a special episode, we're going with another listener suggestion and digging into the taboo extreme horror. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. This was... All right, you're going to lead us? Yes, I'm leading. Um, We're in trouble now. (laughs) No, um, yeah, this was also another listener suggestion when we were like, how should we celebrate our 100th episode? So live, obviously, was the winner. But then, you know, there was a recommendation or a request that we discussed disturbing and extreme horror. And um, why not? Let's throw caution to the wind. Um, So I figured the obvious question to start this is to toss it to you guys uh, how would you classify or define you know extreme horror um xena how would you define um, it for me i would say that it's more like realistic uh type of like violence um where it like really really like seeks down into you like it just knows how to pull the anxiety right out of you um so yeah and then you basically may leave mentally scarred so to me that's, <laughs> it's no small that's, thing that's what it's comes just to mind a little bit easy breezy yeah. there uh john how would you classify extreme horror movie yeah i'd agree i think i think 
at least uh, a footing in reality mm-hmm. is pretty important where you feel the real world is almost its own character within it. Mm-hmm. And I think more often than not, there's some sort of body horror aspect, depending on how you're looking at it, you know, whether whether you look at things, themes of like sexual assault being body horror or, you know, being sewn. I'm going to say M to A since I'm not sure what uh, YouTube's guidelines are. <laughs> uh, anything where it just... Not to say that human centipede feels real or grounded in realism Mm -hmm. as much as you put, if you put yourself in that place, Mm -hmm. you're just disturbed. Yeah. Like, I'm not disturbed being chased by Michael Myers. I'm very disturbed if I wake up and that's happening to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I agree, though. I think that it's just... You know, the horror's purpose is to, you know, either scare you or repulse you. Um, Mm -hmm. Extreme takes it to the extreme limits, and that usually involves taboo subject matter or controversial subject matter or just pushing the envelope um, of tastes, you know, or what people deem as uh, comfortable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, But I think that that could run the gamut. And obviously that will mean different things to different people. What do you think, um, or do you think that having extreme horror is is vital? Do 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 you think that there's a place for it? Would you count it as art? Does it have merit? Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Um, or purpose, I recently had a that's dis- an easier question. Well, I, so I recently had a discussion about this. My son... Uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe a couple, it might have been a couple months ago at this point, suddenly asked me what the Siberian film was. And to which I froze and it's like, uh, where'd you hear that, bud? My son being 11. Yeah. And he said it, it was like mentioned in a video. And unfortunately, there's these really just, there's some terrible YouTube channels yeah. out there that have these really bad animations so they look like they're cartoons and Mm -hmm. they don't have like parental flags on them or whatever so kids end up watching them and this one mentioned like watching the Siberian film and like immediately unfortunately he gets stuff in his head and it doesn't go out so I'm like immediately like where'd you see it? And like and my wife had never seen it and I was just kind of like I told her that he said that and she unfortunately looked it up on Wikipedia (laughs) and I was like you shouldn't do that don't do that and she was like wholly disturbed yeah how something like that could exist yeah and i had read articles from the director and the director talked about basically it's kind of his allegory for like the atrocities the that happened built, yes in, in in serbia like where he grew up and the things that he saw and he's pushing the boundaries of extreme horror to shock people mm. because and, and i i remember in the phone footage documentary the the director and writer of Cannibal Holocaust said the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
the concept of Cannibal Holocaust came about because he wasn't allowed to do certain things in movies. Well, at the same time, the news was showing these horrible images from the Vietnam War. Yeah. So regardless of what your reason is behind it, it's going to be divisive. Mm-hmm. Now, you might go in with the best intentions, and I don't want to say that there are limits to extreme horror because I'm also a strong proponent of the First Amendment. And, and at the same time, you just have to face the reality that some people are going to be like, you're a monster. Like, how could you put something like that on film mm-hmm. and call it entertainment or whatever when the reality is, is that it's complex. Uh, with the exception of Tom Six, I think a lot of people who are making it street, extreme horror are trying to say something. I mean, maybe Tom Six is too. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. But I think a lot of the directors who do start to delve into those realms like Antichrist and you see these deeper themes of depression and, and mental illness and things like that m- mixed in with these horrific Im- this horrific imagery, mm-hmm. it, it can be like its own form of art. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to exist um, or, or to be allowed to exist maybe is a better way of saying it. Yeah. Um, but it's not my bag. Like some people will watch it and they'll get whatever they get out of it, but I watch it and most of the time I'm just like, oh, I'm not a better person anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, I died a little bit after seeing that. Right. Um, I, I think for me, it, it kind of depends. Um, it depends on the movie and then obviously it depends on who you ask. But then for myself, it's kind of like, kind of like what John said, you can watch whatever you desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I don't think that it's necessary. Um, just saying, because I haven't always had like the best experiences and not saying that it like, it scared me or, or anything, but sometimes it's just, obviously it sticks with you, but not in the best way, you know? And there are some things that I would have rather not have seen. And then obviously, like, you know, when it comes to horror, like all of us, you know, we watch it for different reasons, but mainly it's just kind of like, you know, we want to feel that rush, you know what I mean? Like that Mm -hmm. I'm all for, but all the other, you know, icky stuff that comes with it, I can kind of like do without it. You know what I mean? What would you, I mean, because you say extreme horror, right? And it's kind Mm -hmm. of open to interpretation. So you could have the stuff that's at the very far end, like, Mm -hmm a serbian film which yeah don't google it i'm seeing a lot of people mentioning googling it don't do it (laughs) unless you're just you know really wanting to stare into that abyss but i mean there's also other movies like would you consider eden lake extreme horror oh yeah i I would it's like different it's a different type like a different form i don't i don't think that it always has to be like you know bloody gory getting your eyeballs ripped out right you know, type of thing or getting your buttholes sewn together. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't always have to be. We are writing one. ATM, on. Zena. It's ATM. Yeah. If you're, if you're showing up, you're helping us write our own, apparently, where we're sewing buttholes. <laughs> yeah. That's I the think... name of the episode, sewing buttholes. <laughs> All right. I'll write it we down. We got it. Write it. Write it down. It's in the bag. Uh, uh, yeah. I think a certain level of helplessness is required for extreme So it doesn't even have to be for you, like, you know, a lot of people default to graphic visuals, Mm -hmm. but it could just be a mood for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just that you get this feeling like, oh, this isn't going to end well. Like, they're not, like, you almost, like, you can, like, juxtapose yourself in that position, and it's like, even if you survive this, Mm -hmm. 
are you surviving this? Yeah. Like, like uh, uh, yeah, there's a certain... Like, we, we did talk about the movie The Sadness. And to me, yes. that is extreme. Uh-huh. But I, yeah. I really like that movie. And I, and I know that's kind of like, oh, how can you say that? I just really like it, you know? But, like, um, I know someone who's just, like, that's all she watches. Like, she prefers watching, like, extreme type of horror movies. Like, I know that um, Cannibal Holocaust is, like, her favorite movie. I don't understand it, but it's like, obviously there's people out there that's just like, that's what they want, you know, or even something like modern. This one isn't, it's not bloody or too bloody, but, um, speak no evil. That one makes you feel like Mm. ill. That one is a soul sucker. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I guess that's a good segue to ask. I'll start with Xena. Um, First extreme horror movie you ever encountered, what was it? And uh, what were your immediate thoughts about it? Okay, well, I was going to say one, but um, I know that someone else is going to say it. So I won't. I said someone else, John. <laughs> you can have the same first experience. I mean, it'll be different yeah. experiences. So John was giving me his judgment eyes. So That's just his face. These are not my judgment That's eyes. That's just his face. <laughs> Okay. I got right, one well, face. What am I supposed to do with this? I gave you my judgment <laughs> eyes for convent. Those are my judgment okay, eyes. Okay. Well, there's 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 actually two that immediately okay. came to mind. Um. So the first one, I spit on your grave, and that one exhausted me. Like, and I was a kid, and my mom let me watch it, and yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what she did. Like, oh, okay. Was that her first time seeing it as well? It was. It was. Oh, so she was yeah. probably just as mortified. How old were you? Um, I think I was like five, five years old. Oh my, yeah, yeah. she had no idea. She, I don't think that she knew, but I mean, it was too late. And... Judgment eyes. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think no. she knew, but you know, yeah. I'm fine. And no. then the other one, um, the entity from uh, 1982. Oh, yeah, I watched this yeah. one at an extremely young age, and this one isn't bloody or gory. But it is um, disturbing. Yeah, it's it's like I that movie's like made me scared of like honestly everything because you can't see it and whew. so yeah those those two for me. John, man, I was confused by all like the ten year olds in the theater when I went to see Smile, but you saw I spit on your grave at five. Yeah. Oh, all right, don't tell anybody. Smile's nothing. This stays here. <laughs> this stays here. Yeah. I was, yeah, as Zena pointed out, and I've talked about it on the podcast that I spit on your grave. I think it was a podcast, not a Patreon cast. Uh, that I spit on your grave was my first extreme horror movie, and it was honestly a really early foray into horror for me. And I must have been 16. I think I bought it at like Hollywood Video or Suncoast or whatever when those still existed. And I bought it largely off of, because. Largely off the box art. Those of you familiar with the box art, it's kind of a scantily clad woman who's holding like a knife Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, what? And then look in the back of the box and it looks kind of just slasher-esque. Like it looks, it looks like, like uh, Friday the 13th or something. She's in a boat with like Mm -hmm. a ax in her hand or whatever. And then I watched it and I didn't, I didn't feel good (laughs) for a while. Yeah, you're not supposed (laughs) to. I honestly... I'm almost positive I haven't seen it since. I think I wa- I bought it, I watched it the one time, and then I think I just put it away. Same. I was like, nope, done. Same. Yeah. That was I don't, 
Yeah, I think when you're too young, it's not a movie that makes you feel good. But then, you know, you get older and you realize why he made it. And you're like, I respect the hell out of that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people should not shy away from (laughs) controversial subjects. Um, Because, yeah, he wanted to he wanted people to know after I have cat issues. This is what live people are getting. Um, hey YouTube, this is what we deal with every every week, week where we want to have a fourth podcast co-host because he wants attention. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he he made that movie because he had encountered a woman on the street, like right in the aftermath, and she was distraught and taking her to the police and how that fell out. He was really upset by it, and that's what motivated him to make "I Spit on Your Grave." So it's like, yeah. Um, but you don't know that when you're blind and you're going in. So mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes like reading about the context or whatever, reading interviews helps a little bit. Uh, for me, I was kind of like Xena, only I did it to myself um, and I wasn't five. I had, I might have told the story before, but I had a mom and pop video store at the edge of our neighborhood and I would pedal, you know, I was a latchkey kid and in the summers I'd pedal my bike and come come away with a big bag of tape rentals. Um, and they- Megan. Yeah, they would let me rent whatever. If I was a paying a customer, they'd let me rent whatever. And um and I rented a lot of horror movies. Um and I decided to try Faces of Death. I was probably 12. No. Um Whoa. It was, I think that's on Tubi again now, too. It probably yeah, it probably is. Um yeah, I I didn't know what I was getting into, but I saw like the covers and there was six of them on the video store shelf. And I'm like, well, I guess I need to watch one. And I only watched one. Um, it's You watched the worst one, too. <laughs> or best one. The best I one. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is nice to know that about at least 40 percent of that movie is completely fictionalized, made up like special mm-hmm. effects. Um, but still, uh, it's not a pleasant watch. So I did that. I guess I dove right into the deep end with the first one um so yeah that there's that um is there a movie that kind of scarred you the most and maybe it is the first one you know Zeno, were you ever like this is i'm never i'm very disturbed to walk was it the first two or have there been movies since um... I think because I saw um, I Spit on Your Grave so young, like it, it, so much has happened. So I just never went back and I don't ever plan on going back. But I watched uh, Megan is Missing in 2011. Mm. And that movie ruined my life uh, because I just I couldn't stop thinking about it. Still to this day, I don't want to watch it like ever again, just because the way it made me feel and then also like the end of it so that one to me like really scarred me and then I remember uh we were talking about this a couple episodes well not a couple it's been like a year I don't know anyway we were talking about it and um remember we were saying how these uh these kids on TikTok they discovered it and they thought it was real you know um and so they were just outraged by it and it's just kind of like that's that's what I mean like where it's just like I get that that's the the storyline and that's how it's supposed to make you feel um but yeah, it's just, it's not for me. And I, I, I never, ever, ever, ever recommend it to anyone. It's just one of those movies. I'd also like to, people to stop, quote unquote, discovering things. Mm-hmm. 
Well, they're not Googling. <laughs> oh. Well, people like discover things and like don't even Google or whatever to see if it's real or if it's happened before or whatever. Right. And I don't care if it's Megan's missing or the new discovery of butter. Just just take a second. Just it's not it's not a big deal. Yeah, I think Sorry, it, butter boards are a whole different thing in my household right now. I was like, I have no idea which I'm like butter. Oh, I actual just butter. stay away. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, like, I like it butter. Is. What's wrong with butter? So do I. What's what's? But this? it's like people read. It's like when people discovered bacon ten years ago. People are like they're butter boards. It's a charcuterie thing now. You just oh. put butter on a board. Oh, okay. It's crazy we had talk. to unpack all of this. <laughs> yeah, and that's my cooking segment for this week. John is opposed uh, to putting butter on a board. Uh, well, and my answer to the question is, uh, we'll say consumption-based audition. Mm. Audition. Uh, there's <laughs> one scene in particular. Like, I can handle piano wire a lot better than that. Uh, that was just, that was one more, it was more like, just didn't expect it. Never expected to see the things that I was seeing in a movie. And I think that's kind of part of it. Like, yeah, I spit on your grave. It definitely stuck with me for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, like seven, even though you don't see anything in seven, seven stuck with me a long time too. Cause I saw it around the same time. And like the lust scene, even though you just see the snapshot of the contraption, we'll, we'll call it the performance art piece. It that bothered me so much to the just the concept that that sort of thing probably does get made now. Yes, it probably doesn't get used like it did in seven, but I'm like, why would you do that? No, um, and it's so like audition kind of was like the next level because I saw it during AMC's whole like 100 scariest horror movies mm-hmm. that they did way back in like was it 2004 or something like that. And Audition was, like, number eight. I, it could have been higher. And I was like, well, what's this? Because I, I really wasn't into any Asian horror at the time. And I watched it, and I was like, oh. I'm sorry. I don't know no. why. But when you said, hmm, what's this? I can actually see you. And then you just you just found out <laughs> something this? terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just being just upset <laughs> for a while after that. Uh, yeah. So kudos to the filmmaker on that one. Uh, Takashi Miike has a lot of extreme horror and mm-hmm. Audition was probably my entry. I feel like his probably that was the entry point for a lot of people with Takashi Miike's stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that that I wound up renting Visitor Q. Oh, no. Visitor Q is the one that like I was not prepared for in any way. I had been seeking out a lot of his stuff. Um happiness of the katakuris which is like this twisted horror musical and i loved visitor q is not that it is every kind of taboo imaginable it opens with a guy sleeping with a prostitute and then the scene ends with the revelation that that's his daughter that he paid to sleep with there's um lactation it turns into a whole puddle and and a son like makes lactation milk angels in it there's necrophilia um it's got all of the trigger warnings and then some and i was absolutely mortified my gag reflex was tested and horrible yeah yeah so that's the one that i went in not knowing anything about and deeply regretted 
after. So as far as extreme horror movies, that that one, I'm never, never going to watch that one again. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of surprising when he's like <laughs> doing like kids movies now. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, we got out of his system. I yeah, that, I guess yeah. so. I guess so. He's like, I guess I got so. nothing left. I got, I got nothing but sunshine and, and children playing. <laughs> yeah, you purge your demons. And then that that actually makes sense, I even like though I'm still thing. disturbed. Um, conversely, is there an extreme horror movie that had built up such a huge reputation that by the time you watched it, you were either pleasantly surprised or just flat out surprised that it's not what you thought it was going to be? Mm-hmm. Like in a good way? Yeah, like not in a bad. I mean, I feel like with extreme horror, a reputation precedes it. But one that maybe you had built up in your mind, then when you finally watch it, mm. you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I like this. I I see what it's doing. I'd, I'd say raw, if that counts as extreme horror. I mean, it, it probably could. does for yeah. some people. Yeah. Kind of does for me. I mean, it's maybe not nearly as severe as some of the other ones we've mentioned or will mention. Um, but that one was definitely more like artistic, eye opening. Uh, more palatable than Titan or Titani, whatever the follow up was. Yeah. Uh, so that one, you know, because the whole like people were throwing, well, and you even talked about it. People were throwing up in the theaters and yeah. and passing out, and because that was at TIFF, right? And yeah. the reality was is people were like really hungover. Yeah. And that's when like the screening was. So yeah, but a- I get it. Apparently, that's not the case for Terrifier Two. Terrifier Two is currently <laughs> in theaters, making people vomit and yeah. pass out. So you know, I feel like that's also probably actually earned more than raw. Uh, but yeah, what about you, Zena? Uh, for me, it's between Audition and Itchy the Killer or Itchy yeah. the Killer because, um, you know, I remember people saying like, oh, yeah, you could handle Audition. Can you handle this? And it was just like, yeah. Like, I actually, like, really enjoyed, like, the movie. Um, yeah. And then you want to watch, you know, more um, just more movies similar to it. So. Uh, have you seen The Golden Glove or heard of The Golden Glove? Oh, No. I like the title. Uh, That's a spicy title. It is. It is. A, it's it's a German horror movie, kind of in the vein of Henry, the portrait of a serial killer, mm-hmm. oh. and, but it's released within the last um, last few years. I feel like it's 2018-ish, maybe. Anyways, it is about an actual serial killer who used the bar. The Golden Glove is kind of like his, his prowling wow. grounds. It is grimy, disturbing. Um, it is a lot like the modern contemporary Henry portrait of a serial killer. Um, so it's not a, is it, it's another soul crusher type of movie. I watched that at a film festival that had this huge introduction by the, one of the programmers, like this is going to be draining. And if you need to leave, you can do that, like building mm-hmm. it up. And then, you know, it was reviled by critics when it was released overseas. I actually really like it. I do. Um, so I was very surprised by that one. It is indeed a soul crusher and it is, uh, going to test your metal there, but I, I liked it. Um, what would you say? Because it is so broad and subjective and personal. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who is a horror fan, but maybe not ventured that far into like this disturbing territory? Would you have any advice for them when they're going down this path of curiosity? why (laughs) i think it's an important question right like not like because if the answer is 
ah, stuff doesn't really scare me. Or, ah, oh, I don't get it. Like, I saw whatever, and, like, people people build it up, and, like, nothing really gets to me or something like that. Like, if you're looking to push your boundaries, like, if that's, you know, not as reductive as the way I would say it to people in real life, which is how I would say it to people in real life, um, it's more just a, like, what 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 about extreme horror interests you? Mm-hmm. Like, because then I think that also kind of gauges your next answer. Yeah. Like if they're like, I want to see the most messed up things that I can see, then that's going to temper my answer to what they should see next. And then if they're fine with that, I don't talk to them anymore. Oh. And I, I stop responding to their texts because ah, they scare me. Yeah. So your advice is don't do it. No, not at all. I, I it's just more why it's just what are you looking for yeah like like what's is it the visceral reaction is it the artistic side of things because there are some very beautifully shot artistic extreme horror movies or is it just the content like you just want to be shocked like you're an extreme haunt kind of person yeah but there's different purposes for for it all you know like some simply exist to kind of shock you you know like if we're going back to terrifier 2 there is definitely a showstopper in that that's like you're not supposed to root for this you're it's but it is like an insane spectacle type thing versus something like i spit on your grave which had a point and it was very driven from a place of anger. So, you know, it's like this, this little, there's a broad range there as to why people might seek it out. So your, your advice is first question. Why? Yeah. That's more like, I just, I want to know like where they're coming from. Got it. More than anything else. Zena, what would you tell people? Um, well, I would recommend starting with something light, you know, if you don't want to commit to something like that's just like, like a full like feature, I would recommend, you know, Ari Aster's uh, 27 minute short, you know, mm. uh, there's something about the Johnsons because then that way you get a little taste, you, you get like one foot in and then if you want to, you know, go ham, then, you know, you can start going down to the Saw franchise or hostile and next thing you know, you know, you're just living it up and watching all sorts of things. So I would start, you know, again, start off something light and sweet. I don't know yeah. about sweet, but it's light. Uh, I guess if I had advice, it would be to know your boundaries and your triggers. Um, if you have an extreme reaction to certain subject matter, mm-hmm. maybe make sure that what you're watching may not have that um, or be aware that you could be seeing that and prepare accordingly. So, yeah, because it is so personal and subjective, like really knowing your tastes, I think, will help you in in when it comes to challenging art. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that same vein, I thought we should at least curate a little starter pack of extreme horror. So we each will pick one that we think if you're going to go into this, this is, this is a must watch. Um, so I'm going to start with Xena because John probably wants some time to think of an answer. Um, so I'm going to go Thanks. with, uh, Salo. Uh, from 1975 or 120 Days of Sodom. So um, for me, it's just kind of like the only piece that you get from that movie, you know, the, the opening credits, the ending credits, and that's it. So to <laughs> me, that that by far is just one of the... Is it like it a just, rip the bandaid yeah. off type of situation? Yeah. So if you if you want something extreme, that's like the recommendation. 
Do you, do you want to pick one next, John, or? I mean, are we going with our, so now I'm confused. Are we just going with our most extreme answer? Because I never would have picked 180 days. No, I mean, we're picking a dark trio. uh, It's a recommendation. Like, here's our dark trio starter pack of extreme horror. And you should know that Zeta, she got dropped in horror in the deep end from an early age. So she is going to make sure. We prefaced all this. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wasn't your fault? You're fine. What you asked. So, yeah, I did ask, and I, I appreciate your answer. And I know John is going to counter this with something. Uh, something probably should be first ahead of Salo. What is it going to be? Uh, I was going to say Cannibal Holocaust. Okay, okay. Look at you. I think I think Cannibal Holocaust. Well, it is very difficult on, on certain regards. I think it's easier than 180 Days of Sodom. Personally, maybe <laughs> some people watch Cannibal Holocaust and like how. Did you see what they did to the turtle? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's a problem. <laughs> but I like it for a lot of reasons. Because historically, the concept of it being one of the first quote-unquote phone footage movies, the the like litigious and judicious aspects of it, like the lawsuits that came about from the filmmaker and the impacts that it had on that, the video nasties oh. that kind of sprang out of these concepts and the rating systems, also how far... They went as filmmakers because they're a big, I mean, big trigger warning, animal cruelty, like actual animal cruelty that yeah. you don't really see in other movies, even at that time or before that. So I, I think it's a pretty extreme, but also fairly historically significant horror movie, especially in the extreme genre. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm actually going to do the beginner level to the starter pack then. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to recommend inside. I feel like that is the perfect oh. intermediate. You know, you're you're into horror. You want to go into more graphic and extreme horror and start with inside. Then then graduate to Cannibal Holocaust and then Salo, I think, is probably the order. But if you can handle those movies you can handle anything then you're you know you can just move <laughs> then, on yeah you're, you're not a yeah, beginner there you go. so it, it was like an on-ramp yeah, class we yeah. just gave and life is full of surprises if you can handle 180 days yeah if you can handle 180 days of sodom you can handle a lot life is you, full of surprises you could you could but if you cannot handle inside yeah. don't go any further that's a good point i see i almost started out with the fly i don't know if the fly is considered extreme horror yeah, I mean, it I does like test your on the cusp. It is very gooey. Um, there's a lot of bodily fluids. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't, I, I would feel like that's, no, probably not. I feel like extreme probably is a step further from that. Um, because it's also a very sci-fi aspect. There really isn't that root in reality yeah, as much as it's, it's just little, squishy and uncomfortable. There's, there's a bit of a fantasy escapism there. I don't I don't know that a scre- a mm. extreme horror really gives you a whole lot of pressure release valve. Mm-hmm. situations well then i'm glad i said what i said there you yeah. go i mean i was going to recommend martyrs but i just once again i don't know i just feel like sometimes you just gotta up it you know you just gotta go you for did it. you Live did your best life <laughs> yes <laughs> uh yeah so i think that probably wraps it up for extreme horror unless you want to grace us with your puberty voice yeah puberty john that could be extreme. Someone actually right? commented and they said that, you know, oh, did, did I miss it? And it's just like, yeah, no, girl, you, you did not. No, now's, now's your chance. 
Give the people what they want. That's the Bloody Disgusting (laughs) podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com or on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on our own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly Horror Narration podcast, Creepy. 31 days of horror right now, super, super tired. And then live show in Chicago, which evidently someone who's watching right now will be there. Yes. Look forward to seeing you there. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod. <coughs> See, that's something I edit out during a podcast. Or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Yay! Hey, bye, guys! Bye! BHS 99, that's what I was talking about. Ah! <laughs>